Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers, babe. Cheers, babe. <laughs> I am so excited this yeah, week. Yeah, you are. You want to know why? I can tell you're excited. There's two reasons. <laughs> um, our website went live, but even better than that... Our website went live. Our website went live. So we, we have, have a, a website. website. Yeah. So it, like we're official. What is our website? It's billyandjennifer.com. And you should go check it out right now if Love you're it. listening to this. But what's even more exciting is we are doing our very first live event it's going to be a christmas party slash live recording oh i love it and we haven't thrown a christmas party for all our friends and family in the longest time no that's not true we throw well, christmas parties every year but not we can't we can't put everyone in our home like we used to remember we used to have that big home and we would have oh, everyone is this over. a humble brag are you saying we have so many friends they won't fit in our home and so we're gonna do like <laughs> a party of a lifetime and we're gonna do a live event we are and i I'm can't so wait we're doing a christmas party and we're going to turn it into also a live recording of Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. You think um, Grace Fuller, our Australian friend, will join us and introduce us like this? Oh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> uh, Vic the Sound Chick's going to be there. She's coming live. I man. heard that it, there's going to be merch with even her name on I'm it. I'm hearing that too. I'm hearing that. Um, please tell me we're going we're gonna to have coffee mugs to say cheers, babe. I'm, I'm hoping so. And, yes. Okay. So, and where's that? Give people the deets. So it's, um, it's the the venue's called the Cathedral. The Cathedral. It's, it's um, in located in Ballard, Ballard, Seattle. Yeah. And it is the coolest little facility. Very and cool. And you know what? Ten dollars of every ticket goes to donate to a nonprofit, and it'll be going to Compassion International. Oh, that's legit. So it's twenty five dollars a person, but You're ten dollars of that goes to a nonprofit. And so I'm well, really, that's really, really excited. great. But can you tell us what we're gonna be doing? We're going to a party. There's gonna be live jazz. There's going to be, uh, Vic the Soundstick's going to do a few musical ensembles, correct, Vic? Correct. Oh, man. Only if I get uh, merch with my name on it. Um, in fact, we, we're, we're going to work on that, okay, Vic the Soundstick? We sound need check. you to pay us to come. Yeah. This is a big break for you. For everything you uh, wear, you're going to have to pay for it, too. You, we're not paying you. You're going to pay us. No, I'm so thrilled. We're going to have a lot of friends food, there. Food, drinks, live food, music. Food, drinks. Um, what it's going to be What's like a, a date night. Like what bring kind of your friends. And it's all included in the spouse, ticket price. Bring the significant other. Yeah. You know, maybe you'll meet the man of your dreams for all the single ladies out there. Hey. hey. No one, true story, no one throws a Christmas party quite like us. It's true. We do Christmas right. It's true. Because we truly appreciate Christmas. It's true. We're going to have wine. Wine. Uh, whiskey neat. Whiskey. Coffee. Coffee. It is Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Totally. Uh, water. Water. Um, probably some jelly beans. Je uh, not that. <laughs> nope. No chocolate, jelly beans. For sure. That's There's my favorite. There's got chocolate somewhere. Uh, we're figuring time. the food out right now, so that's a little surprise. What's the date? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> we're <laughs> December 4th, and I think doors open at 7 o'clock. But you can go to our, our new website and man, check man. out the event tab. Let's and all it, the details are there. Or you could, you know, follow us on Facebook or, you know, Instagram and get all the yeah, yeah. details. So I'm excited, man. I'm thrilled. What are you wearing to that night? That's a good question. Um, is it costume party and the costume is no. you go nude? Okay. <laughs> no. Just come in, come as you are. But could you please? Just That's what I'm saying. What come love. as you are. Not like that. Come as you are. That's a Nirvana throwback for all those who. Um, did you hear? Did you hear? Are you playing drums on your uh, on your That's coffee mug? That's my fingernails against the. the okay, so it's a nude mug. Christmas party. That's gonna be <laughs> phenomenal. That's what I took away from this. That's gonna be awesome, man. I just think you know to honor baby Jesus on Christmas, we wear our birthday suits. Swaddled. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll all come with swaddled blankets. Okay, so we were at dinner last night with um, your sister and um, her husband. Shout out to 
Christiana, who we and affectionately call Lala and Travis. She asked an interesting question that I'm a little still disturbed by some of the answers. Is What she asked is what makes us anxious or what we're like overly, uh, what's the word, uh, not paranoid with, but... Um, compulsive? Compulsive. Uh. And I found out a really random fact about her husband. Uh. He can't eat anything with his fingers. His fingers. So he's can't telling us this. He can't do ribs. Because this is why we're... I ordered wings. this beautiful plate of wings and some fries. Like, who doesn't want to eat wings and fries? It's like yeah. the best food in the world. And me and Christiana... Your sister, we're just chowing and he's not touching. You guys a were making thing. you were embarrassing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and and he literally like finally I was like, Hey, Travis, do you want some wings? Like they're the best. And he's like, Oh no, I'm good. I'm like, really? Like you don't want some fries? And so he I He doesn't like licking his fingers in public. I get it, man. But you don't have to lick so I was like, You don't have to lick your fingers, you can just grab it and wipe it on a napkin. Yeah. And so he it's a phobia. He be, yeah. He has a legit phobia. And he even said it, he takes it this far. He won't even eat chips. With right. his fingers. He, he takes eats chopsticks. chopsticks. Did you know that, Vic the Sound Chick? Yeah, it's actually brilliant. I'm going to start. No. no. This I actually don't hate it either, it, but it, it's a little too so much So I'm curious to like, all the listeners, like, what okay. would be... What is the name of that phobia? Vic, can you what do your job? What is that? What is that phobia? It's, it's fingers like, in the mouth, fingers near the face. It's, you know, whatever it he is. He was like, he said he was already getting anxiety because he didn't have Watching enough napkins. you and my yeah, sister. Yeah, and he like had a paper napkin and didn't have a cloth chicken napkin. And just lick your, lick your paws. <laughs> That's just too much. So I was literally at, at dinner, was trying to, to, to help him eat these wings. And he it's just finger licking Obia. That's what it is. Finger licking Obia. Anyway, just random thoughts. I was like, I wonder how many people deal with things like that. Okay, where we'll do not, a poll. We'll do a we social should. media poll. Like, what How are, many of you don't like your fingers in your mouth? In public. Well, no, that that makes sense. That's social like skills. But I'm just talking like eating a uh, wing with your you fingers. You need a few of those social skills. But last no, night. but you did say. But he does eat pizza with his hands. Yeah, true. He ate. He then he ordered tacos, and true. I was like, "Bro, you're ordering tacos. You have to use your hands to eat the tacos." So what you're saying is is like doesn't make sense. And he's like, "Well, those are different." So, Travis, if you're listening to this, I am sorry that my wife has just <laughs> literally thrown you under the bus in front of 10 million people who are now listening um, and watching us. I love you, Travis. But it's still, I'm still wrapping my mind around well, what was yours? him eating chopsticks or potatoes, chips with chopsticks. She's a compulsive cleaner. Yeah. Jen walks into a room a and sees baseboards. Baseboards. I didn't know what a baseboard was until I met you. And they're like, they're dusty. And she sees dust on lamps. It's just you're yeah. It's really bad. Anywhere, any building room I go into, that's the first thing I notice is like all the dust on light fixtures. For me, it's odors. Yeah. Oh man, I could smell it a mile away. Anything, Babe, it's, anything it's out of the ordinary. How bad it is. In fact, I will go this far. I am so compulsive about the way things smell. Like when I get done working out at a gym for two hours. I guarantee you, I smell better than you do on your best day. Not you personally, Jen, but like people listening. <laughs> oh, like thank you're going on a date, sir. I beat you after the gym because I'm loaded up. I mean, body sprays, lotions, colognes, breath mints, hair gel. I actually really appreciate that about you, babe. Uh, it's like, I keep it clean. You're a very clean man. And <laughs> I can tend to say for all the girls, we like men who keep themselves You're saying that on behalf clean. of all women? And, and their nails are trimmed and like there's no so this whole thing hair that men, growing out like of their Like there's this ears. whole movement out there like the like the musk of man, like Europe, like the smell of BO, like that's, that's it's manly. Disgusting. Is that real? You don't find that attractive in any like who I just who would <laughs> And what does that smell like? <laughs> like there's something there's something about a, a nicely groomed man. That's me. That's me, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, no more. <laughs> Is the bike picking it up? Yeah. Okay, stop. <laughs> All right. Hey, can we can we get into this, babe? Are you done? Are you done no, with your I diet? Just, I just want to thank you for grooming yourself so well. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you for the Brazilian. Okay. <laughs> Every time. Look at your face and your mind right now. There's, there's nine year olds that are listening to you this are podcast. Nine year olds should not and, listen and to this Molly podcast. Molly Jensen listening now and she's hearing you talk like nine that. Nine year olds should not <laughs> listen to this podcast. Okay, Mom moving and Dad, it right along. Do your job. Do your job. <laughs> oh. Can we do this? Um, babe, I was thinking about today. And for all of our listeners, it's no, it would be no. No mystery to you that Jen and I are pastors. And even though this podcast, the fundamental purpose of it isn't, you know, it's not, we wouldn't call it a Christian podcast. We are followers of Jesus, but this wouldn't, we're not trying to label this podcast that way. Um, but it is very much who we are in life. And I felt like today, um, I wanted to just jump into the role that I play as a pastor, um, which I've been a pastor for 23 years. And we've never done this before on this podcast, but I felt felt like doing it today. And just, I think there's sometimes in life, whether you're dealing with anxiety or you're dealing with uncertainty or you're dealing with depression or you're dealing with just overwhelming weight. Um, I don't know how people um, cope with that. And we, we all have our different ways. For you and I, faith has been the anchor of our souls. There's a passage I, I keep returning to in life and it's it's out of the Bible it's Psalms 23. And what I want to do, maybe we'll call it story time with Billy, but I literally want to read this passage. And I don't know who's listening and I don't know what's going on in your life, but um, I'm doing this more for me. I, um, this week has been one of those weeks where I just keep coming back to Psalms 23. Um, and Psalms 23, if you've never heard it, you've probably seen it quilted on, you know, embroidered on a baby's quilt. You've seen yep. it painted on a in your grandmother's wall. house. Yeah, you've yeah. seen it on a picture frame somewhere. It's, it's probably one of the most you know, repeated verses of scripture in the Bible. And for many people, if you don't, if you don't really look at it, it could just be relegated to like a nice child's poem, but it's so much more than that. In fact, mm -hmm. in some of my deepest, darkest, heaviest moments in life, Psalms 23 has been a light, has been a glimmering light. And so I'd kind of like to read it and then, and, and kind of explain what it means to me if we could do that. Um, Love that. I think it'll give hope to people. I certainly need it. I've come across this this week alone. This passage, I shared it um, at a dear friend's funeral, memorial service. Um, I was talking with a group of professional and college athletes in our city and shared this. And it just seems to be, I don't know, can you say it's the right thing at the right time? Sometimes you just hit a moment and you're like, man, this is, so I thought we'd do it on the podcast. Sound good, babe? I love it. Will you call me Pasta Billy? Pasta Billy. <laughs> can I kiss you afterwards? Oh, you can kiss me during it, girl. Um, Vic, the sound chick, relax. Psalms 23. Uh, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you in my best story voice if I can. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Just reading it kind of like puts me at ease. Do you feel like, mm. I don't know. I mean, and maybe that's just the Bible in general. Regardless what your religious affiliation is, there's something about mm. Scripture. It just kind of puts us at ease. 
I love the first two words in this in this whole passage. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Literally, in those two words, my shepherd, we have the differentiation between religion and relationship. Um, and that is, I mean, therein it lies. He is my shepherd. Yeah. This isn't a system of beliefs. This isn't just a mere way of doing things or uh, a religious protocol. This is a relationship with a real God. Uh, I am not a fan of religion. I think religion without relationship with God leads to what you would call legalism. In fact, uh, it's the religious people of the day that put Jesus on the cross. There's been a lot of things done in history by so-called Christians and followers of Jesus that were just religious, and it was nothing like Jesus. Um, what separates religion from re- from relationship is that personal thing. He's my shepherd. Um, I have a personal relationship with a real God. Life will try and take things away from us. Life will try and take away our accomplishments. It'll try and steal our joy. It'll try and steal um, our reputation, our successes, finances. But there's one thing this life can never take away from me, and that is my shepherd. You can't take away my Jesus. Uh, you can even take you could take away my health. You could take away my loved ones, but you can't take away the fact that God is mine. He's with me. He's with me in it all. He always has been. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And what's great about that is you can't argue um, that with me. Like we could we could argue. There's people out there right now who are listening to this podcast, and I, I totally respect you, but you're like, I don't know what I believe about Scripture, and you wanna, you'd want to maybe debate theological truths. And we could do that all day. But you know what you can never argue? You can't argue who Jesus is to me. You can't argue that when my father died and I was in the deepest, darkest, most suicidal place and couldn't, wasn't listening to anyone that Jesus found me there and he saved my soul because he's my shepherd. You can't argue that. Facts don't, facts fail at that point because that is my relationship with Jesus. Goes on to say that he leads us, leads us beside still waters. I love the fact um, that Jesus is leading us. It's not like, um, you know, when we were kids, I would tell my brothers and sisters, I tell Vic the sound check, like to go down into the dark basement first. Like, you go first. I'm right behind you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that way, if someone died, it'd be them. <laughs> you know, but if they didn't Evil. die, I could follow along. <laughs> Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't tell us to go somewhere where he's not willing to lead us. Right. In fact, one of the greatest things about being a follower of Jesus is just that we get to follow Jesus, the creator of the universe. He's, he's in it all. He's over it all. He's through it all. And the Bible tells us that he's leading the way. Um, and I think that's one of the greatest things we have as followers of Jesus. And can I just say this? It takes faith to let God lead. In fact, I think we have to learn, I know this is true for me, I have to learn to let go on a regular basis. And letting go is very different than quitting. We've talked about this before, but quitting is an act of desperation, whereas letting go is an act of hope. It's trusting that God is in control, that God is... Um, holding on to me. In fact, if I were to sum up Christianity in one phrase, I would say this, it's him holding on to me, holding on to him. That's what Christianity is. Mm. I am holding on to the fact that God has got me. Because even on my best day, my, my grip's going to loosen. Like you can't be on every day. Like you, we all are human and I'm going to slip and my grip's going to slip. And if it's based on me, then I'm in trouble. But the truth of it is this, this with life, this walk of faith, is founded on the fact that God 
has got us. Remember when, babe, when Serenity was young and I would carry her on my shoulders? And, the um, cutest. She's, yeah. And she's like three years old or whatever. And she would literally, she would do like a death grip on my head. Just wrap her arms and squeeze the life she, out of my brain. You, her fingers would be your eyes. Yeah, she'd literally be poking my eyes out. I'd be like, Serenity. Yeah. I'm like, you're killing me. But in her three-year-old mind, she was convinced that she was holding on to me. It didn't matter that literally and that was my, keeping her from falling. Right. And my hands could literally wrap around her thighs. In fact, I mean, a hundred men could not get her off my shoulders. She was so safe. But from her three-year-old perspective, she's holding on to me. But it's not true. And I think that's the way it is with God. Somehow we think like by our good works or by our, our, our incredible endeavors or our great faith that we're holding on to God. The truth of it is God leads. And what we probably need to learn to do more is let go. And then it comes to probably what is the most famous kind of passage in scripture. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Um, this is real, right? Mm-hmm. Valley of shadow of death. Not just death of loved ones, um, not just the f- our own frailty, own you know failing health, but like it could be the death of a dream, death of your hopes, death yeah. of a relationship. It's it's that dark place where you have great loss, and the Bible says that we won't fear when we walk through that, which to me is illogical a little bit because if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, which is a frightful place, logically, I should be afraid. Like if there's any time in life for you and I to be afraid, wouldn't it be during the time you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Yet the Bible says we don't fear. Why? Because God is with us. Right. God is with us. That's the whole reason. Can I just ask, like, what does that actually mean? God is with us. Like it's about to be Christmas. We're going to celebrate Christmas. And if you go to church anywhere or mass somewhere, they're going to Emmanuel, which is God is with us. And it sounds poetic and I love the thought, but what does it genuinely mean? Like, what does it mean to have God is with me? How is God with me? I think um, the shortest passage in scripture kind of sums it up for me. John eleven thirty five 35 literally says this. It's the shortest scripture in all of all the Bible. It says Jesus wept. Um, the context of this is that Jesus' good friend Lazarus had died. And Jesus is showing up after he's died a few days and he's meeting his sisters. And Lazarus would have been like family to Jesus. He wasn't bloodline, but he would have been like family. And Martha and Mary, who are Lazarus' sisters, they're weeping and they're crying. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. And one of the reasons Jesus wept was out of compassion. He saw them crying and he wept. And he wept because pain is real, right? Mm -hmm. Loss is real. Um, Sunglasses and Advil don't fix it. Sometimes it just goes way deeper than that. And so Jesus wept. But here's here's the question I've always asked in this passage. It'll literally be just a few few hours later, and Jesus will go. He'll perform a great miracle, and he will raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, when Jesus was weeping, he knew he was going to do that. Jesus knew that was going to happen. So it would have made a lot of sense for Jesus to be like, hey, don't cry. It's all going to work out. Hey, don't worry about it. I promise you, you feel bad now, but it's going to be better. But he doesn't. Jesus chooses, even fully well knowing that everything will work out for good, that that night they will sit around a dinner table and they'll laugh and Lazarus will talk about what it was like to be dead for a couple of days, right? He knows that's going to happen. But in the moment, he chooses to weep with the family. That's because Jesus isn't a bystander. He's not an onlooker. He's not a spectator. He is in it with us right now. He chooses to be in it with us. So that's what it means that God is with us. He's not watching from above being like, just trust me, it'll be better. God is right there with you going through whatever you're going through. In fact, you could say Jesus understands. Towards the end of it, it says he prepares a table before me, in the, um, which I love because this tells me that God's gone before me. 
God's gone ahead of me. Some of you out there right now, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You're anxious about tomorrow. You're confused about tomorrow. You're striving for clarity, which seems to be a buzzword in organizations nowadays. And when this, when Psalms 23 tells me that he prepares a table for me, it's like he's already been to where I'm going. And he's making preparations for my arrival. I mean, to me, that just gives me so much confidence. Can I say this? You can never go where God is not. That's a fact. Um, you can't ever go where God hasn't already been. The Bible tells us that he is going before us. That means that I can't actually get lost in life. And I think that's when this passage helps me the most is when I feel like I'm losing myself, like I've lost my way, I've lost direction, I've lost my purpose. And I mean, that happens more than I'd like to admit, right, babe, like you. I mean, right. we've there's moments and we're people of faith, but sometimes I'm like, I just, I cannot see up from down, left from right, I'm not sure where I'm going. In this passage, the fact that God prepares a table for me, he's been to where I'm going. Um, it reminds me when our kids, our two boys, Judah and Caleb, were like seven and eight, and they wanted to take their bikes, right, and go riding for the first time by themselves. Up to this point, you and I had always told them, no, you can't do it. Um, you're too young. But on this particular day, they asked, and for whatever reason, we said yes, right? I felt like we felt like they were old enough. Granted, it was just a mile away. Um, it's a park right they down the street. They were the cutest. Yeah. yeah. They were adorable. And so they were thrilled. They were thrilled. They just. So excited. They're like, we get to go. And so they started packing bags. Remember, like they took an extra pair of clothes, <laughs> which was awesome. Um, they took flashlights. And you instigated. You're like, okay, get your backpack, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're so that dad. You're so good like that. You're like, get all the things. You're like yeah. getting Flashlights bars in and the middle of the day. Yeah. They got food, carbo load, drinks, band-aids, <laughs> all of it for a mile trip. And I'll never forget, like while they were getting ready, they were super excited. And then Caleb started, our youngest started getting a little tentative and I could see it and I was like Caleb what's wrong but aren't you excited and then he just started crying and I don't I think he caught him off guard that he started crying I'm like bud what's wrong why are you crying like you get to go on this great adventure and he asked a question that still st sticks with me today he said but dad what if we get lost hmm. which I know he was seven years old and he was talking about going to the park but I think there are grown adults listening to this podcast right now you're asking yourself that question. I've asked myself that question. What if I get lost in it all? What if I get lost what in if the I success? Am lost? Yeah. What if I get lost in the pain of it all? What if I get lost in the yeah. chaos of it all? What if I lose myself? I mean, that's a valid question that we're all asking. And I remember my response to him in the moment was, hey, man, you can't get lost. I'm your dad. I know where you are and I know where you're going and I'll find you. Hmm. And I think that is as clear a message that we could ever get from Psalms 23, from God in heaven. And whether you subscribe to God or not, or whether you've been looking for God, he's always been looking for you. And the truth of it is, he will find you. He'll find you. And you might feel lost, but I'm just here to tell you, you can't be lost with God. Now, you might be uncertain. You might not be sure where you are, but he knows where you are. He's with you. Um, and that gives me just a ton of confidence and assurance. And then it ends with like, Words like, my cup overflows, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I get to dwell in the house of God forever. And I, I listen to phrases like that, and it seems way too good to be true, which is a good test of the totally. gospel, by the way. If it sounds too good to yeah. be true, then it's probably the gospel, because in fact it is. And I'm like, I don't feel like I deserve that. Like this promise at the end of Psalms 23, I don't feel like I deserve for all of that goodness. But that is the beauty of the gospel, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you were to take, I, I like to call myself a good man. 
Um, I don't think I'm a bad man, but if you were to take the sum total of my deeds and add them up, I'm pretty sure the bad outweighs the good. If you were to take my thoughts and my intentions, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the good outweighs the bad. No, the bad outweighs the good. I think I'm probably, all of us are probably more more bad than we are good. I mean, think about it. I, I have some good days, but there's a lot of bad, especially if we're talking about thoughts and intentions and the motives of our heart, right? Like, I mean, if I were to get what I deserved, it would not be good. Yet the gospel tells me, Jesus is saying in Psalms 23 that it's not based on what you do. It's based on who he is. That means if you're going about today and you're you're hoping that your performance is somehow going to save you, it won't. And take heart because it couldn't anyways. It's not based on your performance. It's based on who God is and his love for us. That's why goodness follows me and mercy follows me. And the beauty of the gospel is that God is in it all. And so... So good. That's Psalms 23 for me. It's so it's, good. Um, it's a great reminder. It's a beacon of hope. And maybe you're going, you know, along this week and you're you're anxious or you're feeling down. I hope that just even me kind of taking a moment here and kind of breaking form. I've done most of the talking, babe. But, you know, um, and just kind of sharing a passage of scripture on this podcast. That's because um, and if you never read the Bible again, it's just, you know, for us, there's actually no pressure from us. I just I hope you can know and hear and that there is a God out there who actually loves you. It's changed our lives. Um, I'll never be ashamed of the gospel um, because it saved me. It saved me when I needed it most. And Psalms 23 reminds me that God is with me. Can I just ask you a question yeah. on one of the the parts that you said, you know, God, uh, Jesus is with us when we're walking through the valley, which is uh, the, some of the darkest moments in our life. I, I was in a, a season of life and you were too. And there's people I talk to all the time who are in a really dark, dark place. And they would just say, it's so dark. There's no way Jesus could be in this tragedy or in this how, and they're in, they're in such a deep, dark place and they don't feel God. And they feel like God is to blame for where they're at in the darkness that they're in. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's really questioning that if God is so good, how can it be so dark? Yeah. That's a great question. I, I don't know that I'd say much because I think words fail when you find yourself in those dark moments. And only people that have been in the dark moments know that words kind of just bounce off. Um, I would say this. I would say um, our feelings can be deceiving. And just because you can't sense, see, or feel God doesn't mean he's not there. I live in Seattle. Um, it's cloudy most days around here. And I can't see the sun. But it's there. Just because I can't see it doesn't wow. mean it's not there. In fact, when I see shadows, that's proof to me that the sun is there. Shadow sometimes proves the sunshine. Uh, I think of one verse in scripture that assures me that God is with me in the darkest places, whether I feel him or not. Um, it's found in Proverbs. It says, even if I were to make my bed in hell, you are there and there you hold me. I can't think of a darker, more desperate, more desolate, hopeless place than Hades, hell. And the scripture says, even if I were to put myself there, make my own bed there, choose to go there. Like it wasn't life circumstances. I just, whatever, I made a mistake, whatever. But even if I were that low, Mm. not only are you there with me, but you hold me there. And I think that's super real. So I don't know if I'd say much to people other than like, whether you know it or not, God is with you. I think retrospect has been a beautiful thing for us. We're in our 40s now and I look back and I'm like, man, God was there. God was there and he sees us through it. So it's a really good answer. 
Was it was really good, babe. Thank you. Was this you. super pastoral? I don't know, but it was just what I needed today. Let me just say that much. Hey, I hope it helps. And the Bible is definitely a beacon for us and always has been. Um, here's to life. Here's, here's to, to life. Here's to yes. God being with us. Best days ahead of us. I believe that for you. Here's to having a great week. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers.